the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the staff, management, or ownership of this station. The following program is sponsored by Max Out Savings Advisors. The views expressed during the broadcast are solely for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily express the views of KNTH, its management, Max Out Savings Advisors, or its sponsors. Max Out Savings Advisors and members of the Max Out Savings team may or may not hold securities mentioned during the show. Plan for your prosperity. Prepare for your retirement. Safeguard your savings. And nurture your investments. This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka. Good Saturday morning, and welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka, and we're talking savings, investments, in your retirement, as always, here on the Max Out Savings Show. Our show and our philosophy is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term, to save aggressively and invest conservatively. So what, uh, what we're going to start out with is, Jennifer, can you hear me okay? Is this coming through? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, excellent. Okay, thank you. Thanks, thank you. Uh, okay, well, anyway, we're, we're, we're operating remotely from the house here today, and, and so with the coronavirus, but uh, that hasn't stopped us from going into the office all week. But uh, really, uh, the show is to help you understand what's happening in the world and, and, and where we're going from here. With savings, investments, uh, it starts out with save aggressively, invest conservatively, build up that wealth, put away as much as you can in your 401k plan. Fascinating thing is savings is, are, are going up in this country. We're, we're, look, we, we, we're facing the biggest economic crisis. You know, I really, I really believe it's since since 2008 and and some of the numbers go back to depressionary levels. The more interesting thing to me is, if you look at it, that that, that individuals, you know, that we've had the Federal Reserve. The we've looked at, at at numbers. The Federal Reserve, the IMF, the Bank of International Settlement. You know, look at where's the potential problems out there. In, in an 08, we warned you that, and actually in 07, not 08, 07 here beforehand, we looked at the. The investment banks, and we we stated that they were going to fail. Uh, we thought there would be a failure of an investment bank, uh, and then I, a couple of weeks later, I mentioned I thought it would be Lehman Brothers, and I and I've said this before. I, I I didn't think I'd be allowed on the air next the next week, and and we were right. It was so controversial, and we explained it was going to be their balance sheet and a run on the balance sheet, and, and the problems were the mortgages. It, 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 they were putting in too many mortgages, and there were bad mortgages, and we were correct. Uh, and the individuals were, were speculating on housing. The fascinating thing about this time is the problem isn't with individuals. The problem is with in debt levels, and over-leverage is with corporate America, and it's been with corporate America, over-levering. They've taken advantage of record low interest rates. They know the Federal Reserve is terrified to raise interest rates, so they're over-levering their balance sheet. We went into the worst crisis since the Depression with consumers in pretty good shape, record, record. On the, I mean, keep in mind, uh, February, what is that, about March, April, May. You know, basically four months ago, we had record unemployment in the United States of America, and, and, and consumers were reducing debt. Consumers get it. Workers get it. They're saving more money. Corporations just feel like they have a license to speculate thanks to the Federal Reserve. Now we have a situation where we had the biggest amount, record amounts of, of fiscal spending and record amounts of Federal Reserve balance sheet expansion, three trillion, almost $3 trillion. 
that we wrote about it in our Max Out Savings Report, which we sent out this week, uh, it, writing a free report. We, $3 trillion. Here's the report. I'm looking right at it. Uh, I think it came out to be $2.99 trillion. We've never seen that. We've never seen the type of another $2.3 trillion in, 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 in go, uh, government, federal government spending. Again, we haven't seen this since World War II. We didn't even see that type of stuff during the Depression with the Federal Reserve. World War II, which the country was, was in danger uh, uh, at war with Japan and Germany at the same time, and, and uh, it was a national emergency. And, and so here we are flooding the world with money, and, and, and yet consumers have been cautious. Consumers have saved money. They're building up wealth. They understand this. And we have we, – it almost goes back in this country to this – to this elite class, which is which, just feels like they just have the you know that the government's always going to bail them out and and help them out. And we saw this with the Federal Reserve coming in with enormous amounts of money, buying bonds. We we were buying bonds for our clients and got really good rates. Now I look at the bond yields. I'm like, this is absurd. Why would you do this? The Federal Reserve is buying bonds. I say well, it's absurd. The rates are so low. The Federal Reserve is in there subsidizing corporate borrowing. I understand you're the central bank, and oh my gosh, a crisis. Maybe they have to step in to the bond market, but you step in at seven, eight percent. You don't step in at one and two percent. I mean, it's, that's utterly ridiculous. I mean, you sort of have to teach corporate America a lesson to some extent to rein in their borrowing, and, and they, they didn't do it. Uh, and I really think that 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 what we're dealing with is 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 a situation where where corporations did not learn a lesson from the biggest financial crisis clearly since the Depression in 2008. And this is what we get. It's called moral hazard when they have a central bank bailing things out. Now the central bank's gone all in. It was a mistake this time. Uh, Stock market prices are up to record highs. We're going to see inflation. We're going to see a drop in the dollar because of that. Uh, and, And what we've got to do is restructure the country. The other thing we learned from the financial from the COVID virus is we suddenly realized that our supply chains were in danger. You listen to this show. We were warning you about supply chains in early February. Nobody even knew what the coronavirus was on this on this show. We told you about the coronavirus. There was a few people mentioning they said it was the flu. We said no, it wasn't the flu. We pointed out that look, understand, China shut down eighty percent of their manufacturing capacity. Two things. If it was just the flu, they wouldn't be shutting down 80%. They're clearly terrified about something in China. And the second thing, I don't know if we used the word terrified, but we said they were worried. The second thing was, is we said there was going to be supply chain shortages in the United States, which we're at now. And all of a sudden, we recognized what's happened in, in, in the world where we, we offshored too much of our manufacturing capacity. We went to fight the coronavirus. President Trump got a report, gentlemen, how are we doing on this fighting this coronavirus? Well, it's coming to the United States, and he probably said, well, good. We have the best medical medical care in the world, so we should be okay. Oh, no, sir, Mr. President, there's a problem. Oh, what is that? Well, we don't have enough PPE, personal protective equipment, and uh, what do you mean? He goes, well, it's all made in China, and they're keeping it for themselves, so we don't have enough even for our doctors or much less to protect the population. And then, Mr. President, it gets worse. We could see shortages of drugs because 80 percent of of the manu- of the uh, of the commodities in in Ch- uh, of, of the drugs in China, 80 uh, percent of the raw materials in drugs uh, produced in the United States or used in the United States, the raw materials come from China, and we're having shortages. So we could have, and we did to this day have drug shortages because of this. It was extraordinary. So what we're seeing now going forward is is a change in the world. And, and what we're dealing with is a couple big issues. Uh, the coronavirus. We have 20 million people unemployed because of this. We have a global slowdown, one of the worst since 2008. It's, it's, it's pretty bad. And then we're having also a reversal of globalization. And this is going to affect your retirement and your savings and your investments. And it could be good things in a couple things. It's going to put pressure on corporate earnings because over the last 20 years, the easiest thing in the world for the new CEO to take over the company and start reducing costs. Well, 
you know, he looks at the company. Well, we produce all our stuff here. Why don't we close all our factories in the United States? Let's get some bids to see how much it costs to make exactly the same thing in product in China. It comes in 30% or 50% cheaper. They shut down the manufacturing plant in, in the United States. They give people some, uh, they, some, they, they give them a, a package. They shut everything down. And then in the next couple of years, their profits go up. They don't really cut costs very much. They, their profits and their margins keep going up. It was a great business. They got rich. Uh, stock prices went up. In uh, in in margins for corporate America were highest in history. Well, that's coming to an end now. And what we're dealing with is we're dealing with a situation where, where that's changing. People are realizing what we've come from is over the last 25, 20 to 30 years, it's been all about efficiency and cost in corporate America. I could have my dog, Rover. Okay, well, he's no longer with us, but he could have managed most corporations in the last 20 years. All he does is he, he barks twice, and that means that go look for, look for bids in Chinese companies overseas, and if he barks three times, that means do that deal and shut down the plan here. This is not rock. Now it takes really good executives and CEOs to figure out how to bring the manufacturing back here, bring it back to maybe a low-cost country nearby, reshore those jobs in the United States and, make, and, and help the American people. That's a tough job. That's not easy. That requires an entrepreneurial thinking. That requires innovation, and it requires engineering. And so things are fundamentally different. So we're shifting from cost, from efficiency. They'll tell you it was all about efficiency. It wasn't. It was about cost and efficiency in corporate America. Now it's going to be about resiliency. Hey, what if China goes to war? What if another virus sticks? What if we get a second wave? Can we still manufacture here or all our products, can, or all our our parts, our sub-pieces, our sub-assemblies, are they all being produced overseas? It, it, and so this, we're going to see these factories come back to the United States. That's going to be expensive. That's going to pressure corporate profits. That should increase manufacturing in the United States. That will increase productivity in the United States, which means if we have higher productivity, particularly using robotic factories, we can rebuild the United States. That will create employment in the United States, and that will raise the standard of living of everyone in the United States, including African Americans and everybody else across the board in the United States. It's time we rebuild the United States into into what we want for the future and quit, you know, basically stripping out our manufacturing capacity to make a couple extra cents profits on, on earnings for corporate America. Because what we learned from that is not only did we lose billions of jobs. We endangered our national security, and we were most at risk when a pandemic struck. We were unable to defend ourselves. That's not acceptable to the American people. And so I, I think the exciting thing is things are starting to change. People are getting it. They want these factories back. We're going to have what's going to be called basically crucial manufacturing, critical, crucial medical supplies, crucial manufactured products, crucial raw materials. They're going to have to be produced back here in the United States so we can protect our country and make sure that we're safe. That's going to mean jobs in the United States of America, which is really exciting, but we have to make sure we push this through. There's a lot of money to be made on the other side by not bringing those products back and leaving China alone. But the Chamber of Commerce really wants to have those jobs overseas because it's good for corporations. That's not acceptable to working people in this country, and it's not in the best strategic interest, long-term interest of the United States of America. That is endangering this country. And so this is, these are really good things happening in the world that, that we're going to see. This is a big trend. You're going to see more things happen. But what's going to happen with this as a result of this is, is, is we're going to see a lot of things. We've got to pass the laws. We've got to get things done. But at the same time, right now, we have a sky-high asset prices, which has caused wealth disparity because of the Federal Reserve. Now, we're going to tell you what we're going to discuss some more about that. We've got record high stock prices with not that good of economy. Where are we going to go from here? And how is that going to affect your retirement? We're going to get onto that right after this quick break right here on the Max Out Savings Show.
Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of the morning show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos the companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Saving Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. Welcome back to Max South Savings Show. I think the bad news is risen. It's uh, yeah, it, it's pretty tough out there. Uh, you know, I, I'm watching TV last night, and I just happened to catch. I turned over Fox for a minute, and, and they're pulling down a statue in in Washington D.C. And it's not. It's not like there's thousands of protesters. It's basically, a hundred radicals and Tifa people. And the police are just sitting around watching it. The mayor of Washington, D.C. thinks it's just fine. So I go to bed about 1045 at night. You know, the phone rings. I'm like, oh, could be something bad. You know, something happened. I call it. It's a friend of mine. Ted, did you see Fox? I'm like, what? Because they just these radicals are pulling down the statue. People are terrified by, by the lack of of uh, by the lawlessness. Uh, of these rioters and looters, and, and, you know, it's really this Antifa, these radical socialist, communist, and democratic organizations that tearing down statues. Look, that is the first thing they do in a revolution in any country is that the, 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 the communist and the socialists storm the palace, they storm the parliament building, they take it over, you know, they shoot the leaders, then they start tearing down the statues. That's the first thing in Venezuela, it's the first thing in 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 uh, in uh, in a revolution in Russia in China in in the French Revolution uh, in the Russian Revolution the first thing they did was tear down all the statues that's what they're doing these people are radicals they're communists this has very badly frightened the American people I, I talk to people all over the country people are terrified of what's going on we said on our show last week I think our leaders are cowards they're unable to stand up to these people. Their job is to lead, and if they can't lead, if they're afraid of, of the protesters, and it, they're not even the protesters, it's the looters and the radicals. There's, there's a lot of people peacefully protesting for what happened to George Floyd. Everybody agrees with that. Everybody agrees that black lives matter, but they also feel that all lives matter. And, and, and you've got a small group of radicals that have infiltrated these protesters, and they need to be reined in. And I'll tell you what's happening uh, as I said, people are terrified. What you're seeing is after, New York City has been the most draconian lockdown. They wouldn't let anyone out of their houses up there. People are tired of it. Now they're looting. The, the mayor de Blasio in New York, he let the looters loot and just stepped aside, and they looted much, a lot of New York City. People are moving out of New York City. 
Apartments and home prices are falling in New York City and Manhattan. Prices are surging in the suburbs. They're surging out in the country around there. People went out. They're going up in Florida. Multi-million-dollar homes are flying off the shelves in Florida. New Yorkers, they people they're getting out of there. They don't want to be in New York. They don't want to be around people like that. I heard this thing about other cities in New York. I've heard I heard the same thing. Uh, L.A. people are terrified what's happened with the looting in Santa Monica. They're trying to be moving out of L.A. San Francisco, another story. People are, are they've been under lockdown for months. Now they've looting up there. It's lawlessness, and and it's being, maybe it isn't, but it's being perceived by the public as it's out of control, and the government, these Democratic governors and mayors cannot control lawlessness, and they're worried for for their lives, for their families, for for their homes, and they're getting out. Prices are falling in in, in San Francisco, in the counties around America, in in the different places like that. They're going up. Napa, people are like, I just want to get out of here. I want to get in the country where it's safe. And that that's going on all over the country where you have these Democratic-run run places where, where the mayors will not control this. Chicago, San Francisco, L.A., New York. You know, Houston, hey, we had a few protests. Quite frankly, we really didn't have, we had a little looting, not much at all. It's pretty controlled, pretty peaceful. People in Houston, Texas, we get along. We've, we've always have tried to get along in this town. It, but, but these other places where, where, where people don't have opportunity, in Houston, everybody has an opportunity. It, it, everybody, it, it, and we set that up in these other places. They, they're run by Democratic machines. We've got a Democratic mayor, but, you know, it's, we've got Republican, Democratic, goes back and forth. And, but, but this is fundamentally reshaping the United States. It, it, and these big cities depend on a big tax base, many of them on property taxes. They're in trouble. On sales taxes, they're in trouble. Santa Monica it was, it was basically a cash machine of, of sales taxes coming out of that place. If you ever been to L.A., you go shopping up and down the little Santa Monica area, people are spending a fortune. And, and now it's shut down, all boarded up. You see these small business owners struggling. and it, it's, it's appalling in, in our politicians need to stand up, and especially the Republicans. This is disgraceful. It, this is this is not uh, this is not about Black Lives Matter. This is about destroying our, our past, destroying our Constitution, destroying our history, ripping down our leaders. I mean, remember, it started with the Confederate generals, and then it morphed over to the Union generals. Okay, well, how did that, you know what? That makes no sense. And then it was Thomas Jefferson, and then it's and then it's. Uh, and then it's uh, George Washington, and it's all our founding fathers are trying to be destroyed. They want to destroy and erase the United States of America. This needs to stop, and our politicians need to stand up for it. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be on the soapbox on this issue, but it's it just it, people have got to stand up. I, and the final thing I'll say, I, w- I was absolutely appalled what happened with that shooting in Georgia, and, and uh, I did, should have been investigated, but once they fired the mother at that prime equity mortgage. That you see stuff like that happening in Nazi Germany. Make no mistake about it. You know when you start going after the relatives of people in the, in the family, that's what happened in Germany. That's why the Jews got out of there and left because they realized they were being targeted, and other people had to leave too. It, it's very sad. It's horrific. It is profoundly, profoundly un-American. What prime equity mortgage did. I mean, it was an absolute disgrace and a complete, utter act of cowardice. And, and, and I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt by saying that, because if not, it was absolute evil. And uh, we'll change the subject. Back to the markets. Where do we go from here? Uh, by the way, I'm not repeating. I'm not. I'm basically, I have heard this from people all over the country in one form, shape, or fashion or another. People are extremely upset. What's going, and they're afraid to say anything, and that's why I'm bringing this up on the radio, because I genuinely fully believe in private people are saying the same thing, but they're terrified to say anything, and it's wrong. Ah, market. Okay, so where are we, where are we at? We've had a good market. The, SM, the NASDAQ hit a record high in here. Look, it's very expensive. The, car, the, the economy is coming back. We're coming back nicely. We've had, we, we went down to unemployment levels not seen since the Depression. We're coming back very quickly. We're opening up. That's good. Uh, sales are going well. 
the planes are starting to fill up. People are starting to drive. You can see lots of people driving across the country. Oil prices are going up. They went over $40 this week. I didn't catch where they are at the end of the week. Things are starting to come back, but the market is a little ahead of itself. Now, on the flip side of that, you've got the Federal Reserve has poured more money in than they ever have in history, which is what they they, they seem to really just panic at the Federal Reserve. And this has started if, – if you look back at 87, they did this, and then they did it in 99. And if you look at it, the economy in 99 after 99, the tech bubble at the top wasn't that bad. It, it, and then that triggered another bubble in 08. I think this is the end of the road for the Fed. I, I think you're going to start seeing inflation, and I think you're going to start seeing a depreciation of the dollar. We wrote a very interesting report on this, and, and what we think is this week in the Max Out Savings Report, which is free, we send that. I think you've got to start making the transition to more inflation-sensitive uh, uh, protection for your retirement portfolio. Uh, what we're looking at is with this type of central bank uh quantitative easing, unlike we've ever seen. It's not just us. It's it's the European Central Bank. It's the Japanese Central Bank. It's the Chinese Central Bank. They're all doing it. It, 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 And so this is going to lead to inflation going forward. The U.S. is far away ahead of everybody else in in, in the quantitative easing at the Fed and also in the the fiscal stimulus. Our, 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 Our stimulus programs are probably going to be Somewhere in the, our, our deficit, somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 17, 18 percent. We'll have to see. And we're going to do another one. I said one trillion dollar report stimulus in the report. Now they're talking two trillion. The only way to. So what we have is we have record spending. And there's a new theory out there called modern monetary theory, which simply says if, if Ted goes and spends a bunch of money and runs up debt, he's going to get reined in because he can, he has to pay it back. The same thing with the corporation. If the corporation's cash flow doesn't keep up with debt service, that they lose their credit. But what they said, it, with governments, they're special. They can print money so deficits don't mean anything. And this is modern monetary theory. It's, it's basically embedded in the Democratic Party now. It came out of, out of uh, France with Piketty. And, and so, but the problem with that is that means there's no governor on spending left. And so the only governor going forward is going to be a drop in the dollar. That's going to be inflation. So this, and we write about this in our max out savings report. And, and, and if you look at inflation, it, it, it sort of, it, it happens kind of quickly, but I pulled some numbers on inflation. Where are my numbers on inflation? Uh, here it is. It, inflation, if you look at, it, we were 1.6% inflation in 2000, in 1.5 in 2013, and 14, 1.6, in 15.1, that's when all prices fell, and then 1.3, in 17, 2.1, 2.4 in 2018, we're up to 1.8 in 19, and then for the first two months of 2020, we're at 2.5 and 2.3% inflation. So inflation is starting to go over these targets. Remember, they were supposed to just target 2%. They're over, so it's starting to go up. And if you look at the long-term runs on inflation, it was kind of the same same way back in the 60s. It went up, and then it just started accelerating. And I think given the amount of government spending, given the amount of quantitative easing, the loss of the ability to control government spending, we'll see more inflation. So this is going to be good for a number, but number of things. So what you want to do is you don't want to be in long-term bonds now because they're at record low levels, 0.68, 0.7 something for a 10-year bond. That's virtually nothing. So when inflation starts going up in the 60s, when it went up, a lot of people investing in in two, three, three and a half percent bonds, and then when inflation went to 10 percent, they got wiped out. And this is the danger with a retirement plan. And so. Inflation type of things, I think, are going to be a better way to go. We're going to kind of expand upon that going forward. But tell you what, a couple things. Coming up here in a quick break, uh, you can give us a call at 713-339-1070. You can also uh, go to our website, maxoutsavings.com. Get on the free Max Out Savings Report list. We've got thousands of people following us that, that listen to the show, that get retirement tips, savings tips. It's all free in the Max Out Savings Report. I'll tell you what, we'll be right back at maxoutsavings.com after this quick break. 
Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos the companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. Talking savings, investments, and your retirement. You can always give us a call, 713-339-1070. You can also listen live anywhere in the world by going to uh, 1070 The Answer, the radio, KNTH's website, and uh, hit the Listen Live button. And we also have podcasts. Uh, you can hit the po- go to the podcast section and catch us there as well. So a lot of ways to participate. The- we have a caller on the line. Oh, great. Oh, hello, for us. Uh, yes, good morning, Ted. Uh, yes, I was calling to find out, do you, do you think we're going to get a infrastructure spending bill before the election? That's a good, I think that we get it either before the re-election or right after the election. And, and I think it'll be pretty sizable. Uh, I, I think it'll possibly be pat, uh, uh, packaged with some more programs try to move the factories or opportunities to move critical critical industries back to the United States. So, yeah, I do think we're going to get it. Probably that'll be for next year most likely. Well, I, I, I guess so far we've spent, uh, what, $3 trillion, I guess, more or less uh, to date. And, and, and they, they were saying that President Trump's Thinking that he might be looking at something like two trillion. Well, if he's looking at two, most likely this thing is probably going to approach two and a half to three trillion. So uh, I'm just wondering, at some point down the road, this money is going to have to be paid back. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, just looking down the road, uh, uh, I don't know. I just think the taxation issues are going to be pretty horrendous, and I think the definition of rich is going to start to really fall. I think uh, it wouldn't surprise me if people making less than 100000 a year are considered rich, you know, in order to pay some of this back. Yeah, no, look, I mean, this is the problem with, with the debt. I mean, it, it, I think they're going to inflate it. I think the dollar is going to drop. I mean, I don't see how they can ever plan on paying it back. Uh, the, the one alternative, the only way forward is really to rebuild the United States, get the crucial manufacturing back, Put the money in infrastructure and, and, and create the jobs and get us back on. That's the only way. Uh, otherwise, we're in trouble. And so, yeah, to, so to your answer, I think it's a good point. I think we're going to get infrastructure. 
Yeah, I, and and hopefully, perhaps uh, I I noticed the other day, and and, and credit to this gentleman, but uh, I see where Mattress Mac is starting some sort of Votech uh, uh, classroom type thing over at his facility, and I think uh, there really needs to be a lot of that because there are a lot of people, especially out of work or may you know may not be able to return back to work, and they really need the skills in some form or fashion. So. I would like to see maybe more emphasis placed on Votech schools and things of that nature where people can learn, you know, welding or you know, be an electrician or a plumber or whatever, you know. Uh, those those things, I think, would go a long way towards, uh, you know, you know helping, helping the economy in general. Yeah, no, I agree. Good, good call. Thanks. All right. Yeah, you know, I'm having a hearing on that, but uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Look, I think you need training because these workers have got to be trained up. They're going to come back, and, and it's a good way to get things going. And i tell you where we make the mistake is for the really big things here, we, we, we took the contracts and made them and made some key parts here and then farmed everything out overseas. So we lost the ability to make small parts, small sub-assemblies. And if you bring that back, those companies that make those are maybe are smaller people. They're going to be, but they'll become bigger and bigger companies and hire more people. That's one thing China's been very good at. And so, well, looking at the markets, a couple thoughts. Uh, the markets are pretty high, right? Look, we're overvalued. I mean, there's no doubt about it. We've had a big run in here. Looking, looking at. Uh, we've come back up to run into resistance. Uh, the market barely held the 50-day moving average. Uh, it, uh, uh, with the S&P, let me pull that chart up. It, you know, it, it, it looks to me like these things are rolling over. We still have 20%, 20 million people unemployed. This is going to take some time. This has all gone up on, on Federal Reserve money, it, and, and, I, and it's really ahead of itself. I think you got a possibility comes up if, if the virus starts coming back that it's going to be a problem. If, if, if the economy doesn't accelerate, it's going to be a problem. And what I'm we're at the height of a presidential election. You don't think a good portion of these riots and looting are done to try to gin up support uh, out there in, by the Democrats? I mean, everything was fine. Uh, we had 20 million people unemployed, and then the coronavirus hit. We got 20 million people unemployed. They're all struggling, and all of a sudden, the Democrats come up with this, with these protests and everything. And it's like, wait a minute, what about all the other people unemployed? This is designed to get their 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 base all fired up. They weren't real fired up, and now they're all fired up. This was this was a plan by a very small group of people. When they go through this, they're going to find the looting is was 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 led and created by a very small group of Democrat, Democrat, radical, socialist, Marxist, communist people. And this is, they want the stock market to fall. They want the economy to fall. Above all else, they'll do anything to stop President Trump. And so this worries me what's going to come next. And I think with the stock market this high, I think you've got to be very, very cautious in here. I think you've got to manage your expectations. The tech sector's got good growth. They've got good potential going forward, but they've got pretty big valuations. And remember, a lot of the tech, well, outside of Microsoft, uh, outside of uh, Microsoft, Facebook and Google, the, a lot of the other tech guys, these guys produce a lot of stuff in China. They're having to move the factories back. That's not cheap. And again, that's going to pressure earnings. And, and, and so we're, we're going to see, what, see what's going to happen. We clearly have the leak on technology. We have to maintain it, but it's just going to be difficult. Uh, we've got a lot of things going. Uh, we have a very uncertain world. Uh, this week we had China attack India and killed 20 Indian troops. But this is not a good situation. Uh, China has uh, attacked the Japanese fishing boat. They, they threatened uh, Malaysia and Indonesia and Vietnam. They've attacked Vietnam fishing boats. Uh, they, they're very belligerent, much like we saw uh, in the past led up to the war. And I think, again, every, every corporate executive has got to be wondering what's going to happen with China. So they're moving the factories out. Uh, they're trying to get back to the United States. We have a shutdown. We have still going on. We've got riots and looting. A lot of things happen. This is uh, unpredictable and uncertain 
of investment uh, environment we probably in my lifetime, several lifetimes, probably since back to World War II. And, and the fact that asset prices and stock prices this high is concerned, I would be a little cautious. So, again, want to get in, uh, 713-339-1070. This is a Saturday show. We do repeat at Sunday at 3 o'clock. There's been such a demand for the show. Uh, but And another way you can participate, too, is go to our website, sign up for the free newsletter. Uh, if you need some help, I'll be happy to help you and show you how we manage money at Max Out Savings Advisors. So a couple things, just go to our website, maxoutsavings.com. The... I wanted a couple. I, I went through a lot of the the, the different markets. Like we, we've raised some cash up here for our clients. Uh, it, 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 it's a tough call. We put a hedge on. It hasn't quite worked. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, where we're, we're looking is, is still going to be in some of the inflation type of things we're, we're looking now. I, I think some of the. I think the infrastructure. We're looking at the infrastructure plays. There's some. Interesting infrastructure plays out there. Uh, I think you're going to see that. Uh, some of the other interesting trends is there's a, the, the investment world is the biggest one out there where the big money appears to be moving is precious metals, gold and silver. That is huge demand there. The big money is also moving into properties in the country. They're moving into the suburbs. They're trying to they're trying to get out. Uh, Ten years ago particularly the billionaires, they all wanted to have a place in New York from all over the world. Now they're all trying to get out of New York and move elsewhere. They're moving to Florida. The, the same thing, they're moving to the Hamptons. Maybe they're moving to New Jersey. A lot of people, I've talked, I heard persons moving to South Carolina. Same thing's happening in Silicon Valley. I'm hearing people are, are, are moving out of Silicon Valley. They're nervous about that. L.A., people want places in the country, places Smaller cities, they want places in safe areas. Austin, Texas, they're moving from Silicon Valley to Austin, Texas, because it's a, it's a, it's a, probably the second biggest tech hub in the United States. Low taxes, they save thirty percent probably on their taxes. There's, you don't have the massive looting in, in, in that you've got to deal with out in California. The rules and regulations, and people are just getting tired of it. This, these riots have been incredibly damaged. The big uh, democratic, big controlled democratic cities, incredibly damaged. I, you know, you look if you look back to the rioting in the '60s. Uh, eventually, it led to the bankruptcy of of New York City. People forget about that. New York City bankrupt. This is a fundamental game changer. You put that on top of the coronavirus for big democratic controlled cities. I think that's another one of the big trends we're seeing. So, by the way, Houston looks good. All of Texas. The biggest problem we're going to have is so many people coming to Texas. I mean, people want low taxes. They want freedom. They want racial harmony. They want a future, and they want a future for their children. And Texas provides that. Other places in the South, too. It, it, this is really accelerating a shift. It, it, the, you know, we talked about it on the show. Uh, it, I think it was Lennon or someone made Changes, nothing happens for years, and then and then years of changes happen in a month or weeks. And I think that's what we're dealing with between the coronavirus and the rioting and the looting. Fundamental game changers going on out there. So precious metals, a lot of calls on that. We think this is a major trend. We're looking for this to go out for another three, probably two to five years. I think we're looking at an inflationary trend. Uh, bond shorter term. Where does oil fit in? If the dollar falls, oil is move higher. It most oil is priced in dollars. So the lower dollar, the lower oil goes higher. The lower the dollar goes, higher oil price. So again, it's the same type of thing. And you want to be in things that can go up with, with inflation. And so you know this is going to take some time, but but that's what we're seeing out there. Now, with oil at, at $40, we're in much better shape than we were in the oil and gas industry. And I, 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 think, I think, you know, I, I've had a lot of discussions with people on, on the oil business. On the East Coast, in the elite area, they're all convinced it's going to go away. It's going to be eliminated, and, and there's, 
And, but if you look at that, we heard the same thing about cigarettes. And I, I did, I did a, a check of Philip Morris. And Philip Morris went up four times, four or five times factor in the last 20 years. And this is, this is with cigarettes supposedly being outlawed and going away. And I'm not saying oil and gas is that way, but people are going to underestimate the efficiency and the ability of oil and gas sector. And remember, a lot of these oil and gas companies, they also produce oil, gas, chemicals, uh, different types of chemicals, specialty chemicals, and all of those things make money as well, So, as well as pipelines and everything else. So I think people are underestimating the long-term profitability of the oil and gas sector. It's at the lowest pricing in history. Well, it might have moved up some, but recently it's been the lowest pricing in history of the S&P 500 on a sector weight like uh, it's a the three and a half percent or something, which is completely ridiculous. On the flip side, technology is at the highest it's ever been. So it's cheap. It, if this trend comes up going forward, I, I, I think with inflation, it's going to be a pretty good place to be. And in many cases, you can get very good dividends. And I think you want to have dividends going forward. People forget over the long term, dividends have have played and sometimes over 50 percent of the total return of a portfolio. And so this is the other thing you want to keep in mind. If you're getting the dividends coming back, you can reinvest them in building up even, even more money. And so this is, again, this is the type of thing. Government bonds, we've made a lot of money in government bonds over the years, but at this rate, it gets tougher to buy in, in, in except shorter term for safety purposes. Now, we've got some some changes here. A, a couple things. We, we, we've gotten some questions from people that have lost their jobs in the oil and gas business or out there in general right now. You can take up to $100,000 out of the 401k plan and, and pay it back. Uh, you pay the taxes over three years, or you can pay back and pay no taxes over the free time frame. So this this is a real opportunity here if, if you're in financial trouble. But the better way to do that is don't touch your savings plan. Uh, go through and use some of your other expenses. Cut your expenses. Use some of your other savings to try to understand where you are in retirement uh, to, to kind of get yourself through these tough times. It, it, it's real simple if you're laid off, to go to your 401k plan and pull the money out and continue your state standard living. But that's disastrous because you got a big pot of four or $500,000 or more, or it's just 100000 in your 401k. It's easy to pull the money out. But the trick is, if you do get laid off, cut your expenses to the bone immediately. Cut all expenses as much as possible. And if you have to take money out, you take absolutely the absolute minimum to live until you get a new job. Because that's the savings that you fought for years and years and years to build up, and you do not want to go through it. The hardest thing in the world is to build up savings. The easiest thing in the world is to spend those savings. Remember, I'm going to repeat that. The hardest thing in the world is to build up savings and build up wealth. The easiest thing in the world is to spend it. So cut the, your expenditures to the bone. Uh, cut your payments as much as possible. Refine if you can to, to cut them back. Make the minimum payments until you get back to where you, where you are. And then, then once you get a job, once you get a new job, then your, your, your savings will be in much better shape and you can kind of take off right back where you were with minimal problems. So don't be, don't be lulled into thinking just because you take $100,000 out, you should do it because that's very difficult to rebuild. So a couple things to think about. Uh, again, uh, you know, my concern here is a W-shaped recovery. So, so you get we get the drop in, in March, and do we get another drop? I think it's some type of drop here. There's a lot of talk about another wave of the coronavirus. We said this is like World War II. You just got to fight your way through it, and it's very difficult. But there's a lot of people out there, particularly Democrats, they want to shut the economy down for the election. My big fear right now is there's such an incentive to try to cut out, uh, to, to try to slow the economy so it hurts President 
Trump and and Biden gets elected. I, I think no one should underestimate how hard and absolutely committed the Democrats are to taking over the White House. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, they will lie, cheat, and steal to get in there, and all you have to do is watch TV on CNN or anything else to really understand it. I mean, look at look at at, at the tech companies. They're, they're censoring the conservatives. They're censoring the Republicans. And then they let basically communist, you know, propaganda through with no problems. They leave the president out of there. So they're going to make things look as bad as possible. So really to be concerned. I think you've got to be very cautious in this world. This is the toughest, most bitterly fought contest of presidential election probably a hundred years. I, maybe you can go back to 17 with, uh, not Hoover, but before that with, um, I forgot the guy, the, the guy that did the United Nations. Uh, anyway, but back to 17, the, 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 basically 100 years ago in, in the 10s to 18, 17, 18 area, very hard fought. Uh, a, 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 this is an extremely hard, extremely bitter election. And, and you're going to see a lot of ups and downs. I think you've got to be very cautious. And so the idea of the market just you know, soar to new highs is very very a very tough sale in here. It's very overvalued. Corporations' profits are under huge pressure, and we're not expecting those profits to come back well, probably until 22, which is about two years away. And so I think this gives you an opportunity. Anyway, take care of yourselves. Uh, if you haven't signed up for the Max Out Savings Report, now's the time to do it. Go to our website, maxoutsavings.com, at maxoutsavings.com. Until next time, remember the bottom of the Save us a